0: Chapter One of Fritz to the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kirk Ziegler. Fritz to the Front by Edward L. Wheeler. Chapter One. Madge. One bright, hot August morning, a cheap excursion was advertised to leave South Street Wharf, Philadelphia, for Atlantic City that lively little city by the sea which is so fast growing in size and popularity as to rival the more noted of the atlantic coast summer resorts a cheap excursion which is within the means of the working class is ever a success and this one was no exception it gave the masses a chance to escape from the overheated city for a small sum and they grasped at it eagerly bright and early the ferry-boat was crowded and still there was no cessation of the stream of humanity that surged toward the river front. there were representatives of every trade in the city nearly and likewise a mixture of several nationalities there were young folks and old folks and little children then there were roughs bruisers and bummers an indispensable adjunct to summer excursions and all in all a heterogeneous collection of humanity just as the hot august sun peeped up over jersey's sandy horizon the bell of the boat rung and the huge ferry-boat began to move out across the delaware toward Kane's point where connection was to be made with the railway it was a noisy crowd aboard the boat there being a good many roughs among the pleasure-seekers who were more or less under the effect of dock street soothing syrup and who were disposed to have something to say to everyone among the passengers was a young lady of eighteen or nineteen years of age who sat in the stern of the boat seeming to have no friends or acquaintances she was by no means unprepossessing in face and was trimly built and dressed rather stylishly compared to the others of her sex aboard the boat it was not long before several of the roughs noted the fact that she was unaccompanied and determined to know the reason why therefore one lubberly raw-boned young bruiser with a freckled face bloodshot eyes and a large red nose approached her and tipped his hat with tipsy gallantry scuse me young lady but uh, may i ask if you're got uh, company he asked plenty of it sir the young lady replied her eyes flashing i do not know you you'd confer a favour by not addressing me i'll do as i please my gal don't you sass your cousin don't you know me i'm a full moon solid mulligan muldoon i am greatly annoyed the young woman turned her head away without answering this however did not abash the full moon for he advanced closer and laid one burly hand upon the railing beside her now see here my beloved miss moyority he began but before he could proceed further a floppish attired young jew with red hair and a hooked nose stepped forward and slapped the fourth ward man on the shoulder just yes you bounce out, my friend,' he said. "'Dear young lady, don't vos want some of your tension. "Hello, who in the blazes are you?' Muldoon demanded gruffly, not offering to move. "'I are Muldoon. They're solid man I am, and I allow, and I kick and lick any man, on their boat. That don't make any difference. Dot young lady don't want you near her. And if you don't vos gone away, right quick, I'll throw you out. Dot's their style Off an excursionist I am.' cried the jew oh you will will you you'll throw me out eh me full moon muldoon they're solid man i'll have a kiss from the girl and then i'll leave your israelite carcass overboard for the fishes and making a drunken lunge forward he threw his arms about the young lady's neck amid indignant cries of a crowd of bystanders and attempted to kiss her but he failed in his purpose for she pluckily threw him off and the next instant the jewish-looking young man came to her rescue seizing the rough by the coat and trousers he jerked him away then with the strength of a hercules raised him from the floor and hurled him forward down the cabin stairway to the lower deck a cheer of approval at once went up from the larger share of the spectators and the dutchman became the hero of the hour some of muldoon's companions rushed to his rescue and found him doubled up like a jackknife and groaning over severe bumps his rough usage however had evidently cowed him for he made no attempt to show fight or create further disturbance the young lady thanked the jew but that was all until the boat grated up alongside Kanes point wharf when she caught his eye and motioned for him to approach if you will be so kind as to assist me in finding a seat in the train she said modestly i would esteem it a great favor "Well, you bet i vill. it is a pretty rough crowd for a young lady without some company my name is fritz snyder what is yours you may call me madge was the quiet reply then fritz took her little traveling bag and they left the boat with the crowd and boarded the excursion train which was close at hand being among the first to reach it they had no difficulty in finding a seat and made haste to occupy it as the cars were fast filling i reckon ash how you vos going to der seashore fritz asked having some curiosity to know i presume so if the cars take me there the young lady replied with a faint smile is it a nice place well i don't know i was never there but i hear it was a nice place you see i vas going there on peasness i I don't know if i stay long or not A little more was said during the overland trip to the ocean the young woman did not appear inclined to talk and fritz finally excused himself and moved to another seat there is some things but don't voss right about dot vimmins he soliloquized she is not going to der seashore for von object alone i'll bet a half a dollar just ahead of him in the next seat sat two old ladies who were discussing that topic uppermost in their minds spiritualism one was a believer the other an unbeliever pooh you can't stuff such nonsense into my head marrier the unbeliever declared taking a pinch of snuff spirits don't trouble me that is because you have no faith mehetipo now my sammy spirit converses with me every day and night and keeps me posted about the realms of eternal bliss and when i axe him to appear he comes before me as natural as life has he got that wart behind his left ear yet apparently a man asked in the front of the ladies though ventriloquist fritz was of course the author of the question sir the spiritualist cried indignantly, "'I'll have you know my Samuels had no ward upon his person.' "'But he had bunions, though." a portly old Jan across the aisle seemed to declare. "'It is a lie, a shameful lie. I'd like to know how you dare cast your insinuations about one you never knew, sir.' And Mrs. Marrier arose in her seat excitedly. "'My husband was a good moral gentleman.' "'For land's sake, Marrier, do sit down,' the other woman cried, feeling embarrassed no i won't sit down Marrier declared that old ball headed pussy fabricator said my sammy had bunions my good woman i never said anything of the kind the portly party declared getting red in the face "The old woman's crazy another man seemed to cry crazy am i mrs Marrier cried snatching up a freshly baked pumpkin pie from the seat beside her and holding it ready to hurl at the offenders i'll show you if i'm crazy just ye open your mouths every one of ye and i'll show ye how crazy i am oh i'll learn ye to insult a respectable woman who minds her own business and the woman came off victor for fritz ventriloquized no further and the passengers had nothing to say having no desire to get plastered up with freshly prepared pumpkin pie in the course of three hours the train arrived at atlantic city and before the ocean's blue expanse it billowed away to meet the horizon the grand stretch of level beach was thronged with people despite the pouring heat of the midday sun and many queerly costumed pleasure-seekers were buffeting about in the water for recreation and health fritz was among the first to leave the cars and he stationed himself where he could watch the movements of the girl madge some subtle instinct prompted him to do this with the impression that she was what that was an enigma he could not for the life of him have told why but he was impressed with an idea that there was some strange romance connected with her visit to the seashore that she did not come alone for pleasure but for an object that might be worth investigating she left the cars and at once took a carriage for the principal hotel not to be balked fritz jumped into another carriage and directed the driver to take him to the same hotel his conveyance arrived first and he was standing on the veranda when the carriage drove up with madge and she got out She scarcely noticed him as she came up the steps and passed into the hotel. But after she had registered, she came out and touched him on the arm. "'You are watching me? What for?' she asked, when he turned around facing her. "'Am I an object of suspicion to you, sir?' Fritz flushed uncomfortably, and hardly knew how to answer. "Well, I, I—' "'There! Don't make any apologies or excuses. I know you are, and shall look out for you. "'Please understand, I am no criminal.' she turned around again and swept haughtily into the hotel while fritz walked away toward the beach in meditation she voss sharper ash lightning he mused und dot makes me think some more dot for some reason or order she will better watching he took a bath in the ocean and then went back to the hotel he was not quite satisfied to drop the matter where it was something urged him to pry further into the affairs of this young lady whose case had struck him as being singular upon examining the register he found that she was registered as miss madge thurston and assigned room forty three as nothing more offered he sat down on the veranda and watched the stream of people that surged in and out of the hotel and to and from the beach men women and children by the hundred and yet there were scarcely two faces alike during the afternoon an elegant close carriage drawn by a superbly harnessed pair of high-stepping bays which were in turn driven by a liveried negro came dashing down the avenue and drew up before the brighton a man of some thirty-five years of age leaped from the carriage and entered the hotel a man with a sinister yet handsome face ornamented with a sweeping moustache and a pair of sharp black eyes he was attired in spotless white duck with patent leather boots and a white plug hat and was evidently a person of some importance he soon came out of the hotel accompanied by the young woman fritz had defended and entering the carriage they were whirled away down the avenue out of sight dot settles that my game's gone and i don't got some professional detective guest there fritz growled as he watched the receding carriage i'll bet a half a dollar i never see him again but he was mistaken that evening when the moon was sending a flood of brilliant light down upon the long level beach he was one of a thousand who took a stroll along the water's edge over the damp sands of the sea he was thus engaged and watching the great luminous moon which seemed to have risen out of the distant watery waste when a man touched him upon the shoulder excuse me he said respectfully but are you fritz the young man who took a young lady's part on a ferry-boat near philadelphia today?" well i think i am if i remember right what of it fritz replied well sir you are wanted to bear witness to a marriage ceremony to-night up the coast and i was sent for you step this way to the carriage sir scarcely knowing what was best to do fritz followed got into an open carriage and was driven rapidly north along the beach through the romantic moonshine but how romantic was his little adventure destined to turn out That was what he asked himself as he gazed doubtfully upon the greenish-blue of Mother Ocean. End of chapter 1